Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On this episode of the Front Office Podcast, we'll be joined by Doc Evans, the older brother of former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans, and up and coming hip hop artist Jake Daniel. Let's get it. Welcome back to the Front Office Podcast. I'm pleased to be joined by Doc Evans. I've known Doc for many, many years. Uh, he's the older brother of Tyreek Evans. I know the whole Evans clan. And I'm also joined by hip-hop artist Jake Daniel. You can follow him on Instagram at I am Jake Daniel. I played some of his music on the last episode, and, and it was fire. I'm still feeling like a star. Um, and we, What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up, Derek? What's going on, bro? What's up, man? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Um, y'all, y'all been watching these playoffs. What, what y'all thinking? Give me something good. I know y'all seeing something in these playoffs. That, that, that game was crazy. Jason, Jason was going up. Kemba was going up. Kyle, Kyle's come back at him with that five. Man, what was I that? Think, I think uh, last night's game was the best game in the playoffs thus far. Just like. The, the the back and forth, the big shot after big shot. He was really going. You know what I mean? It it, it it was real. They were real evenly matched. Like that that series was one of is the best series so far that I've seen in the playoffs. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think. It's just my opinion. Oh yeah, no, I feel it, man. Them couple of overtimes, man. I, I do think Boston's gonna pull it out still, but Toronto is showing that championship form for real. I, I'm really, I'm really, Jake. Jake, me and Jake were watching it last night. He he wanted Boston to close it out last night, but for some reason, I'm not. You know, I'm not a Toronto fan. I'm a diehard Sixers fan. Yeah. And wherever AD and my brother plays, because I'm biased to that. But um, that cha- that that championship mentality that they had last night that they displayed without Kawhi. Right. <laughs> I said these guys are truly defending champs. <laughs> they're not going. They're going down. They're not going down without a fight. You know the the I, you said the key it's, you said the key point without Kawhi they they are still doing what they supposed to be doing like that's yeah, crazy to me I, I, they really are they, I didn't, I, everybody counted them out when Kawhi left everybody counted them out and for for them to be the defending champs without the team that minus Kawhi but they have really really picked up some some key pieces and they are still contending contenders in the East. I think they would have they would have destroyed Milwaukee if you ask me. Oh yeah. I think the small ball this small ball thing is is I think it's changing the way the league is going too. Oh yeah, definitely. I think you can have a six eight six nine center rolling now. I mean, look at what Houston's doing. You know exactly. You know exactly. I, I, they, small ball is in right now. You, you did bring up AD. I, I'm wondering he's putting his he's dominating to an extent. He's not – I mean, should he be getting like 40 and 20 every game against that small team? I just think he's 
you know, um, there's really nobody on the floor that can guard him, honestly. Uh, But it's just, I think AD, but you got to know AD. And AD, even though he's a dominant player, he's not a, he's not a me first player. AD, you'll see him make a couple of passes where you, you, you'll be like, man, you should have shot that or whatever. But mm-hmm. That's just how he is. He's always wanted to get his teammates involved. He's always been that kind of player. And I've known that from being with him all the time. And he played with my brother in, uh, in New Orleans. So we have a real close relationship. So I know him personally on and off the court. And he's the same way off the court that he is on the court. Yeah, so I was, I was – uh... On, on on your IG, Jake, and I saw man. How tall are you? Because AD six eleven, and you was right up to him. Yeah, I'm I'm tall, but I don't know how tall I am. He only five eleven. <laughs> I don't know. AD, AD must have been slouching. That was right after we we AD gave me. A, that was my birthday actually, January twenty fifth, the day before Kobe died. Oh. I, they they came to Philly, mm-hmm. and AD said, "Yo, I want to see you," and he gave me four tickets to the game. I took Jake, obviously, and my two cousins, and we went and chopped up Bron and uh, Shorty and a lot of the guys that I haven't seen in a while. And uh, yeah, we had a great time back in the back, uh, in the back, talking before they before they left. And then the next day, the passing of Kobe shocked everybody. But and, and it's ironic that LeBron broke his records the night before. Is isn't that ironic? And while he was in the yeah. locker room talking about Kobe, like I woke up the yeah. next morning, like. L- LeBron was—is this new? I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I knew it was the night before the the, the interviews, but it sounded like it happened after he knew. It was crazy. I know, man. I know. So, um, it's insane. It, it is insane. You know, speaking of Houston, I know you heard about the the guy Daniel House Jr. You know, he 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 yes. broke the bubble protocol. You know, he brought a girl to the room. You know, one of the, you know, according to reports, it was one of the COVID testers, you know, and that made me think of just like, like, are these guys, are they just, is being in a bubble just kind of just messing with them? Like they got to just get some kind of outlet or something? Or or, or what do you think about that? Well, first of all, I really don't know. I don't, (laughs) I've never been in a bubble. I I mean, if if you want to compare it to what the whole country's been under for the last 200 days or whatever with this quarantine, it can get you a little stir crazy, you know, and it's different from their normal way of life where they can have friends over, girls over, you know, like some some type of normalcy, um, which I think is really taking a toll on not just the players, but people in general, you know, right. and, and I don't know what he was thinking, but I just I just know that when you have rules, you, 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 just, you just follow them, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because it... When you when you when you do that and, it, and you get caught, not only does it affect you, it affects your team. Right. The people that rely on you, that could be a big thing in this playoffs because they needed they needed his they needed his presence there. Not that he was a James Harding or a Russell Westbrook, but he was still a factor. Definitely, definitely. You know, and and, and Jake, I know that you're a rising hip hop artist. You know, how, how, how does Doc kind of help you prepare with, like, the groupies and, and staying out of trouble and, and just keeping your head on straight? <laughs> oh, I got to show him away, bro. <laughs> I just think we, we just focus on the music. Like, we just write music. Like, we don't really focus on the groupies. And, and fan, like, we, we respond to our fans on IG. We respond to our fans on social media and everything like that. But when it comes to um, actually, like, in person, I'm already mature enough. In my mind, where I know I had to deal with that situation. 
Right, because, you know, you've been around your uncle your whole life, you know, playing playing his game. And I, and I know that Tyreek going to be getting back in the league real soon. So I'm sure – and all the guys that, that your dad and all them have been around just your entire life pretty much, you know. Doc, like, how, how, how do you keep, you know, Tyreek focused on, like, spending habits and, and budgeting and, and, you know, and things like that? Well, for the most part, man, he's been good. Yeah. Uh, he, is on, he is on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stays within it. He doesn't. He doesn't uh, exceed it. He has no reason to because you can't go anywhere. Right. right. But he does. <laughs> he does uh, like to go to. He loves like to fly to Miami because he has a trainer down there that he loves working with. Um, he when he's home, he works out at the Sixers facility up here in Delaware. Uh, so he's he's pretty. He's, he's he's local for the most part. But when he's not, he's in L.A. or California or Florida visiting his kids. Or working out, he does He's he's in the best shape right now. He's almost in in rookie shape. Like he's ripped up. He's got his abs. He's on the treadmill. You know, he has a twenty. He has a sixteen thousand square foot home. So yeah, everything's in it. I, I saw that on the video. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Jake Jake shot Jake shot the videos at the house. So <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. So that's actual all the stuff that they see in Jake's videos. And, what we do, that's 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 not stage stuff. That's not props. Right. That's our that's our stuff. Right. <laughs> the Bentleys, the Maybachs, the, the, the Mercedes. And and not to say anything that, you know, we're blessed. Believe me, trust me. We came from the hood. We came from nothing. But we, we don't take that stuff for granted. But it's a different atmosphere when you shooting videos at home versus renting a mansion. Right, you know what I'm right. And, and, and <laughs> speaking of Tyreek, I know he, he's been out of the league for uh, almost two years now because he, he ran into some, some issues or whatever. How, how is he doing, you know, both physically, mentally? Is he staying in shape? You know, a lot of people are, are you know, um, focused on people's, you know, mental health these days, which is awesome. How, how is Tyreek doing? He's doing great, man. His mental health is good. He's uh he's a, he's a, he's physically and mentally in a good place. Um, <clears throat> he's he doesn't even want to play anywhere else. Like he doesn't want to. He has opportunities to go play abroad. But he, he does. He'd rather just stay here and not put the wear and tear on his body, mm-hmm. and just you know stay in shape and, and do the necessary steps to get back into the league, and then um and see what's going on from there. But we do have. We do have, like, a lot of teams that are still interested in him. Oh, yeah. Tyreek's still young, and he can still move that ball around. So it's not like he, a 36-year-old, you know, is kind of figuring out, you know, what's going on. Tyreek is still very young. Yeah, he's 30. Yeah, and, and his body is big. So he's not like he's 5'10", 5'11". He can move his body still, you know. And, and Oh, you yeah. Know. He's really, he's really his lateral movements. Everything is good, man. His knee's great. Like I said, there's no – and, and, you know, the good thing is he's afforded – He's afforded the position that he's in where he doesn't have to go mm-hmm. and play basketball for a living somewhere else mm-hmm. because he's, his money has been placed in, in, in the right places for him financially. A lot of kids your age don't even know this stuff. Mm-mm. So he implements a lot of that stuff in his music too. And it, people think like, what do he know about LL? What do he know about KRS? What do he know about Rakim? He, he right. learned them. He studied them on his own. So, and, and to me, I tell him, I'm like, hats off to that because that's how you become great at something is, is learning studying it and then 
uh, redefining it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I I got another question, and 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 I'm gonna let y'all go. First of all, y'all can follow Jake on I am Jake Daniel on on IG. Um, uh, are y'all ready for some football as well? Bro, you know I'm ready. I'm <laughs> he's, on he's a he's an Atlanta fan because he grew up most of his life in Atlanta. Okay. He's a Falcons fan, but you know I'm a diehard Birds fan. I know you are. You know how we coming. Reek sucks. Reek sucks with his Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't even care about them. I'm just letting you know right now. But you know who I'm anxious to see, though, honestly? And it's not the Eagles. Cam Newton in New England. No. Tom Brady and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I think think this man just took Tampa Bay to a whole new level. So do I. And they got Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy. People think that Brady is washed up. He is not washed up. No. He is the GOAT. He is the Michael Jordan of the NFL. I'm yeah. going to tell you that. And I'm a diehard Eagles fan. I don't even – that's blasphemy to speak, <laughs> to speak that way against towards another team. You will never hear me mention anything about the Cowboys. The Cowboys oh, suck. They forever. suck. Yes. Whatever. That's true, though. Cam Newton and New England are going to be interesting. Like, they gonna have to, it's a whole different play style, dude. Tom Brady, Tom Brady don't really like scramble and run like like Cam, so it's gonna be a whole different place. I don't know if Cam's gonna fit in, in uh, Belichick's uh, scheme of things. Mm. I think that's just a that's just a bad breakup. I think I think Belichick is the girlfriend that wanted the long term relationship, and Tom was like, I gotta move on. So, you know, he's he's dating Tom's best dating Tom's best friend now. Right. Cam is not gonna be able to do in New England what Brady did in New England. I just don't believe that. We we gonna we gonna stamp this one. We gonna definitely come back to this one. You know, I am interested in seeing Tom Brady. I mean, they got receivers, they got tight ends, they got running backs now, and Tom Brady might just open that hole. And the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year, so that's gonna be interesting. Okay, that's that right there is already rigged. Tom Brady, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll go to Vegas with this. I'm putting Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's crazy. Right, we gonna that mark means, that. That means he has to knock out my birds, and I I pray that I'm wrong when it comes to that. But I don't see knowing the, knowing Tom Brady, knowing his mentality, his 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 uh, championship mentality, and the way he just his IQ on the on the field. It's 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 really unmatched, man. I'm, I'm dead serious. The only thing I only person I see coming remotely close to him is Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, the crazy thing about it is don't sleep on Jalen Hurts, Doc. I'm not. I'm not sleeping on anybody. I'm not sleeping on Lamar. Yeah. I think that they're great quarterbacks coming out, and they're, they're changing the game too. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Because there's the, the, the days of pocket passing are about to be over. Oh, yeah. Because even even these these young um, quarterbacks that come out of the, out of the college – are mobile as hell. Oh yeah, they're running four threes and four fours, and like it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> it's definitely scary. Cause I, that's why I tell Carson Wentz better stay healthy. Cause Jalen Hurts is gonna be on his heels for real. Man, I love Carson, man, but we got rid of the best quarterback that we have for us. Foles was Foles fit the system like Brady. Foles is the Brady in the Eagle system. Right. That's just a fact. Right. Nick Foles is Tom Brady in the in and um, the Eagles system. And Doug Peterson knew that too. Mm-hmm. But I think he didn't want to create this quarterback controversy right. because they, they, they already handed Wentz 
when he went 11 and one right in that first year they, they handed him the keys to the team and you kind of can't renege on on that which i would have right this man almost completed he i mean we won one super bowl the first super bowl in our history which will give him a statue forever here yeah secondly you almost took us again if you ask me Doug Peterson deliberately lost that game to avoid um, crushing Carson Wentz's future and his and his ego. I'm telling you, I can see because that because Nick Foles could have won that game that we lost would have took us to the uh, NFC Championship again. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, I know y'all got to go and do your thing. I want to get y'all on again soon, um, Jake. I need oh, some. It was a pleasure, man. Jake, I need some more music soon, bro. So I'm gonna be looking out for that. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm going to let you know. I'll send it through as soon as it gets done. Definitely, definitely. Hey, thank you all for, for coming back in and rocking with me. Really, I appreciate it. Man, thanks for having us, D. It's good to catch up with you, man. It's been a while. Definitely, definitely. I'll see you all soon. My bad. All right. Thanks again to Doc and Jake for pulling up. I really appreciate you all. We're going to do this again soon. A couple other things I want to talk about. Before I let y'all go. So Dak Prescott. uh, Gave an interview. About his brother's death. And. You know he he stated that it was. Death by suicide. And it was. It was touching because. For first for Dak to open up about that. Is is, and letting us into his personal life. I just want to commend him on that. You know. um, Mental health you guys is, is important. For everyone, mental health is definitely important, you know, and it's important for people to to talk about it. It's important for people to listen as well. So. If you got stuff on your head, people, you got to let it out. If you got stuff that you that that's bothering you, that that no one seems to understand, be okay. Find that person that that you feel comfortable and, and confident to talk to about things that are going on. It's it's. It's especially for men, you know, we, we try to be the tough guys and sometimes it's OK to, to let our guards down. Um, and, and so I just wanted to commend Dak and the Prescott family for letting us into that world. Hopefully it, it lets everybody else feel more comfortable in expressing the things that they are going through. Another thing I wanted to talk about was the Steve Nash hiring. Again, I, I talked about that on the last week podcast. So I guess Stephen A is is. Still a little upset about it. And and I get Stephen A's point, you know, that, that Steve Nash kind of skipped the line, you know, that it could be in somewhat considered white privilege. I, I get Stephen A's point. But then I also heard Steve Nash's response to it, you know, and I want to play that for you shortly. But are are these positions afforded to, to players to be coaches like Steve Nash, white players, you know, and, and some will use the cases of Derek Fisher, Jason Kidd, you know, skipping the line. You know, hopefully Chauncey Billups gets a job. That will be in effect skipping the line as well. Yes, there are more white coaches who are afforded the, the luxuries of, of getting positions than there are black coaches. I, nepotism is also very real. You know, there have been many positions that I know I probably could have got 
but I didn't get it because of, of you know, my dad didn't play in the NBA. He couldn't make a phone call um, to a team exec to say, hey, hire my son. That is indeed true. But I also know that I've had phone calls made on my behalf to teams, you know, and some of those positions I did not get because I wasn't equipped for it, you know, and that's just me, you know, just being open and honest to everyone. Um, but, you know, even last year, a couple of years ago, I, one of my mentors made a phone call on my behalf. The, the assistant GM and I talked about a position. He asked me to do some preliminary work for him. And, and I wasn't really able to do it to the degree that I felt comfortable or that he felt comfortable in even making the hire. But what did I do? I, I took that criticism. I enrolled myself back in school and I learned some new um, skills that now will will give me the luxury of, of getting other positions. So nepotism's real. Life is real. But I also know that if 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 I was a Hall of Fame player and my son wanted to go work for a team and me being a black man, being able to make that phone call for him might afford him that luxury. Michael Jordan's kids are the same way. You know, um, they're, they're afforded luxuries that that and I'm putting them air quotes that regular kids don't have. But there is a lot of nepotism. And it's just that there are more white billionaires and millionaires than there are more black billionaires and millionaires. But in this age, in, the, in this age of, of, of the black player having more money than ever, it, times are changing and, and our children will be, be able to reap those benefits from the, the decisions that we make. And, and that's just life, you know. Um, so I do understand that. Let me play uh, Steve Nash's uh, interview about how he skipped the line. Are you sensitive to this idea of skipping the line? How do you feel about that? And two, having not been an assistant coach, but obviously having played the game at a high level, do you are there things that you think you might not have as a head coach that you miss by not being an assistant? And how do you compensate for that? Well, I did skip the line, frankly. Um, you know, but at the same time, I think leading an NBA team for almost two decades is is pretty unique. Um, so while I haven't necessarily learn some of the skills that I'll definitely seek to understand and learn as far as the technical aspects of coaching. You know, I was never far from that, you know, and so to lead a team is such a unique position to be the head of the, of the team on the floor, to think on the fly, to manage personalities and people, skill sets, to bring people together, um, collaborating with a coach and a coaching staff for almost two decades. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like I was in a, in a vacuum, you know, I, I appreciate Steve Nash for being open and honest. He is aware that he skipped the line. And and I'm also aware of Stephen A. Smith's viewpoint as well. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith's viewpoint is black coaches would not be afforded the luxury of skipping the line to a playoff contending team, you know, and and in, in one aspect, I do agree with that. Derek Fisher went to the Knicks because of his relationship with Phil Jackson. Jason Kidd also skipped the line with no um, coaching experience. Chauncey Billups will hopefully skip the line as well. You know, the thing about it is nepotism is real. Nepotism is what it is. And and that's just the way of life. Um, I, I think that Steve Nash having that 
interaction with Kevin Durant and Golden State as a consultant also played a key point in it as well. So I get both sides, but I'm looking forward to Steve Nash running that offense. I hope he brings Alvin Gentry in on that coaching staff that kept Jock Vaughn as well. Um, I'm looking forward to that. One other thing I want to touch on is <clears throat> Michael Porter Jr.'s uh, post-game press conference. Um, in one of the other episodes, I mentioned that a little beef brewing that I saw between the Joker and, and Michael Porter Jr. Um, yesterday, Denver lost to the Clippers. Clippers um, pretty much taking that series. And, and they interviewed Michael Porter Jr., you know, just about... Uh, his his role on on the team, you know. I guess the the complaints were about Murray and and, and Joker getting the majority of the um, plays call for them. And and listen, I want you to just to hear Michael Porter Jr.'s response. So Michael Porter's being asked a question by a reporter, and this is not me chewing in the microphone. This is Michael Porter actually chewing in the microphone. Something differently, or, or what did you see in that second half? No, I didn't. I didn't touch the ball. They didn't do anything differently. So, Mike, when that happens, is that a situation where you just need to demand the ball more on offense? You're looking for sets to be run, or you need to cut more? What are you looking to do to get yourself more involved when you're not touching the ball? I mean, that's really up to the play calls. It's really up to the coaches who they want to put the put the ball in whose hand. Um, we kept one uh, to Yoke and Ma, um, and that's you know. I think that's they're, they're two amazing players, so you can never get mad at that. But I just think uh, to beat that team, we got to get more players involved. We got to move the ball a little bit better. Um, we can't be predictable against that team. So, on one aspect, he's one hundred percent correct. You need more people involved in the offense to beat that team. But on the other aspect, that's something that goes into that stays in the locker room. Dame Lillard. Uh, sent out a tweet, I think, saying that pretty much he was lame for letting that out. And, and, and that's something that stays in the locker room. And I'm a Michael Porter Jr. fan. I really am. But he's young and, and his dad's in the stands. And sometimes that can be a hindrance. I want you to hear what Paul Pierce's response to that was. Because Paul Pierce sounded hot. Who was saying something about moving the ball in? You understand he's a rookie. He has his frustration. Yes, he's talented. But there's a time for a play and a place for that young fella. It's, it's levels to this young fella. And understand that. You there, you're not there yet. And so if you want to have this conversation, you take that to the back of the locker room. You don't bring this to the media. You know, you, you, you just now get in the league trying to prove yourself, make a name for yourself. And so... Yeah, some of the things he said, maybe they do need to move the ball a little bit more. But look, if you want to get the ball, young fella, go get it. When I when I didn't get the ball, my rookie, you know how I got it? I went to the offensive glass. That's how I did. I went to the yeah. offensive rebound. If yeah. I want to get the ball, we'll go get it. Come on now, stay in your lane, young fella. Stay in your lane, young fella. Sound like something my daddy would say to me. Um, I get what Paul Pierce is saying, and and I just yeah. Michael Porter Jr., you got to stay in your lane, bro. I, I, I really get that. Both of those interviews were courtesy of ESPN, by the way. Um, thanks again for Doc and Jake coming in. 
Thanks again for listening to the Front Office Podcast. We got way more stuff coming, y'all. We're looking forward to it. Thanks to the audience. Follow us on Front Office at, on Instagram at Front Office GM. And ours, remember, stay in your lane. We're going to leave y'all with some more Jake Daniel. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.